doing this is tim what's up welcome back to the show after this super long weekend hope your columbus day was great i hope you celebrated it or didn't celebrate it i don't know we're not celebrating it now i guess because people are upset about things that went down and i get that too as a um I don't like the Redskins or the Cleveland Indians. The Kansas City Chiefs, they that's okay, I think. Okay. But some of these other team named some of these other teams, some of these are, they seem a little bit less sensitive to the Native American or indigenous people whatever you want to call it. Can't say Indian style no more, so I say Redskin style now. Um, This episode is with my guy, Ramin Mostafavi. And Ramin, very funny guy, work with him around town. He's actually, he's also a booker. He has a couple shows in the D.C., Virginia area. And I wanted to have him on just to talk about, talk about things. It was a little. It's a little bit different episode because we're on the road. We're on the road together, and we go to a Virginia room in a small town in Virginia. Virginia is a lot like Texas to me. They have these really small towns that you kind of go through, and you're like, "What was? What was that? Was that was that was a town?" You know, people live there. There's a culture here. The town that we go that we go to, there's a there's a bit of a culture there. It's very it's retirement. A lot of older people. Anytime you do these small towns, you worry, am I gonna make it out of here alive? Mm-mm-mm. Should be interesting talk. We had a very interesting talk. In fact, one of the subjects we talked about, um, we talked about Ramin's mom. And during the time of this recording, she was having a tough time. She has passed away, and he's doing great. Your prayers are wonderful. Anything positive that you could say about the situation would be nice as well. And I think, of course, he's still going through the grief. It just comes up here and there. And uh, we've talked since, of course. But, uh, you know, this was a couple of weeks ago when we recorded. We did something a little bit different. We had a discussion on the road. I had one mic, and I was doing the, I was in the passenger seat, and I was holding the mic to my face, and then I would turn it for him to talk. That proved to be the worst thing that I could ever do because his audio sounds somewhat low and mine sounds a little higher and more distinct so what i did i did a little editing to it 
doesn't sound like it, it doesn't sound as good as it can, but the first part of it is going to be, if you can notice it, you know, if you notice it, that's cool, or you probably wouldn't even notice if I didn't say shit. So on this trip, we go to the show, and we thought we'd have a pretty good time, but you never know. You know, you go to these shows, and you try to perform for people, so we're going to try something a little different. We're going to go on the show. We're going to do the, the the show. We're going to do the talk before the show. We're going to do the show, and then we're going to talk about the situation, the room, the show, after, on the way back. And I I think we'll be fine. I think we'll do great, and we'll live. And um, I don't think he thinks we will, but he booked it. So he's a piece of shit for bringing me along to die. Either way, you guys will enjoy episode 107. No, this is episode episode 109. Anyway, you guys will enjoy episode 109 with Ramin. So we're on the road now, on the way to uh, Performing Arts Larray, Perform- Center of Performing Arts in Larray. Center of Performing Arts in Larray. How does the How do these um, these usually come about? From uh, you were saying you were suggested by someone, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, a guy that we uh, we used to roll with in Woodbridge uh, apparently has a connection to whomever books it and recommended me for the show they asked me to bring a superpower feature that could possibly uh, <laughs> also because you know they don't have like a circuit of comedians out here so they want to like kind of see people um so i brought along my buddy tim that's he's what was the last part you said? i said he's a hammer i'm a i'm a hammer if you guys didn't know hey i'm on the uh we're on the road right now this is uh uh read the room i'm with Ramin Mostafavi, uh, Ramin is a uh, practice. It, it's a uh, local comic. Local? Can we say local in the... Yeah, I mean, we're local unless somebody pays us to go national. <laughs> <laughs> you pay me to fly to L.A., I'm going to go. I'm not, I'm not, like, bound here. Uh, this takes money. We're we, hired. we say, yeah, we say local. The DMV area is, is kind of a... Uh, huge and you know we're going down to a place in virginia near larray caverns and um known for its caverns not for its comedy right it's not yeah it's not like uh (laughs) hey mommy can we go to the (laughs) is that a stalagmite or a stage i know um romina's a father of three three boys um, just got fiancéd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I, well, yes, I created it. I was the proposer. Uh, you, you did what a lot of comics have thought about doing, which is propose from the stage, which is a, um, it's, it's, it's hacky. It's, it's really, it's the, it's the jumbotron of stand-up comedy. <laughs> I think, I mean. I just I felt unoriginal about it, but 
it, yeah, like approaching it, I felt like just kind of like a turd. Like, what? Can I think of something romantic? This is goofy. But it just really felt perfect for me. <laughs> Such a man's way to it's think of so it. Selfish, I know. But and and I mean, for us, at the end of the day, like she's a huge supporter of my comedy. She's a huge comedy fan. Um, you know, you know, but uh, but a lot of people may not know. This is my second marriage attempt, uh, <laughs> and the yep. improv and comedy, comedy alone, but the improv in particular has been a big part of my therapy and my healing. Um, that stage, the people that work there, uh, Allison, who runs the improv, uh, and I have had many conversations throughout these several years of, I've had some really dark years, man. And uh, people like Allison or, uh, or, or Chris, uh, just the, the supportive staff over there, Antoine, just like, those conversations and that place and what they've uh, what they've done for me it made it just feel like the perfect place to kind of close that painful chapter and open a brand new one um, and, uh, and and live live more life you know I've been just not dead but like really really hurting for a number of years and I'm finally to where I feel like I can start fresh it's my spring you know oh, guys wipe your faces um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Speaking of reading the room, I just killed it. I just did. Everything's dead. And there's no vibe at all now. Everyone's depressed. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you you made a decision, and I feel like she said yes, so that's a good, you know, yeah. that's a good weight, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, after all of that stuff that you went through with your, with your ex-wife and yeah. then having the therapy of being at the improv and then having her say no there, then you'd be then you'd have to find another comedy club to go to For sure. you know yeah, like yeah, or another town to go to i mean it, you know it was one of those situations where i i knew the answer before i asked you know i think only an idiot goes in wondering you don't propose if it's 50 50 shot in my opinion i think you got to know it like lockdown um but it was it was a big process you know uh we're we're older for people that get engaged, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's not, that's probably an incorrect statement, but we're right. We're at the right age, I guess, for a second marriage. Um, this is her first marriage, uh, or, wait, it's not her first proposal. It's her I was, that was going to be my next question, <laughs> but we're, we'll talk about, go ahead and finish yeah, yeah. and I'll get to that in a second. Cause there are things that we <laughs> go ahead. It's her, just saying it's her first time that she said yes. Uh, but, um, you know, there's a whole process to go through, too, because I'm not, you know, I'm pretty American, um, although my name is Ramin Mostafai. I, I have some cultural uh, pieces of my character, but really I'm just pretty much American. Um, she is pretty much Arab, <laughs> and her family is very Arab. Um, so I had to go through some traditional steps, and we've had to be a little extra patient, uh, to address some you know, the sensitivities and traditions of her family, especially respects to her parents, um, which are important to me as well. You know, I would never want to join a family and just be like, it's the American way now, y'all, you know. Um, so I was more than happy to, you know, I flew out to Memphis, met her parents, met her father. I'd met her mom previously, but I'd never met her father before. And in that, really in the Arab world, you meet the parents, like, you're not just there to hang out for the weekend, you are there because you're asking for the hand, yeah. 
you don't just meet pops. <laughs> you know, in, in the American world, you just, you know, you guys, you might go to a barbecue together or whatever, but there is no just hanging out with Arab parents. In the American world, it's, hey, I'm showing you somebody that I'm fucking right now, so you'll shut up and leave me alone, <laughs> right? Um, first of all, didn't say that. yeah, exactly. Uh, first of all, to go back to what you just said about the you, you kind of know before you ask, well, some people don't. Uh, it is usually guys, right? They don't read. They don't read the room. They don't oh. understand. Oh, I've seen it. That we've talked. You just said it with the, um, you know, the the hacky. No, you you knew her and you knew that she would kind of say yes there. Like that was a good idea. Sometimes though, you've seen it where the guy proposes at a football game or a basketball game. And you can see the woman in her face when he starts to go down on his knees. He's like, no, 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 not here, no, no. And she has, she's like, get up, get up. And it's the saddest shit in the world. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it is bad. And, and really, even though I said that the way I did it, I felt hacky in my, in, in my just as a comic, like I've seen it before, uh, whatever. It was really great, yeah. you know. Uh, the show that I was on was the Overachievers show that uh, Martin produced, and the vibe was hot. I had, thank goodness, I had had a really good set. Also. I know that kind of kid. That <laughs> see, anytime you wrap your thing around comedy or around doing a set, yeah. you go, oh, I gotta, I have to have a good set too. Oh, like, because totally if you bombed and you proposed yeah. and she said no, then the audience <laughs> would be like, I would have said no too, girl. I don't know. That joke he did about they would talk specific <laughs> jokes and shit. Yeah, that would have been my last day, uh, personally and professionally. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, like, getting through my set, I, you know, I have a fair amount of confidence at this point in what I do. But um, I really had to just keep my head calm. You know, it wasn't a short set. I did a 20, 25-minute set uh, while, you know, I got the ring in my pocket. And, you know, I'm nervous, obviously, about the that upcoming moment. But somehow I was able to stay calm got through the set really well and then and then for me uh, that that teed it up um yeah. where i felt i felt all that confidence i felt like the the crowd was on my side and then when we went out there and i called her up martin was extraordinarily supportive dj bo was you know filming it just really nice people around me felt really good and uh once she took the stage it was just like i was ready and um hearing the crowds roar and Martin was getting them pumped up and it was real it became a really great experience and uh, I w- then I became really glad that I did it and she was very happy about it also it, the, the vibe was amazing yeah um, I'm sure you put a lot of pressure on a lot of dudes in there too with their uh, <laughs> with their bullshit oh I'll just take you to a comedy show and oh god damn it one dude, I guarantee you one or two dudes in there, or women, were in there, and they were like, um, well, hopefully I don't have to hear about any of this proposal shit. I'll just take you to the show, and we can, oh, shit. <laughs> like, it's, uh, but that's not what you think about when you're in that situation. You're thinking about your own happiness, and you're thinking about, um, you know, moving to that next level. Um, I had, had to make it mine. It was, uh, it was emotional, dude. And I know how big that was for you, so congratulations. Um, I, had I, I wish I'd known a little bit about it, I definitely would have showed up. Yeah, I, I, a, a few people said that to me, and um, the truth is, I, 
I had tried to like plan it a couple of other times, and you know, Yaz is like, uh, she's still kind of single woman minded in a lot of ways. Um, where I'm that's like, not good. Well, it's just it's a transition oh, into yeah. like, yeah. even if we were even just like two people that didn't have kids, it's not it's different than what I've got. I've got three kids. Like my schedule is my schedule. I don't fly that seat of my pants at all. I got things yeah. are when I say I'm gonna be somewhere, I'm gonna be somewhere. Yeah. But there have been there were a couple other times where I thought she was gonna be around, and I was like, all right. Maybe I do it tonight. And then, you know, two hours before, she's like, oh, so-and-so's in town. They hit me up. You mind if I go get a drink with somebody and then come through, meet up afterward? So I didn't want to, like, announce or, like, get her uh, her sister who lives in D.C., get her there, her friends to come over, get my family in the building, and then have her be like, oh, something came up at work or whatever. Right, right. So I didn't even talk to Martin until, like, ten minutes before the show when she said mm – -hmm. I'm, I'll be there in you know eight minutes or whatever. And I was like, okay, she's in the, the car. She's on her way. She's definitely going to walk in the door. Let me set it up now. It'd be funny if right during your set, like she left. <laughs> Not during my set. I, w I, didn't, I didn't have, I knew where she was, but I wasn't like paying attention to it. But when it got time, the show was wrapping up because we did it at the very end. You know, nobody wants to follow a proposal, obviously. Right, right. So Tony Woods was on stage. He's wrapping up. So I, I told her, uh, that I was just going to go back in the green room real quick. Uh, I was sitting with her out in the crowd. And I was out in the green room. And then I thought, what if I go up there and she happened to go to the bathroom? Like, right. totally normal thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then what am I going to do? Kill time? Like, do yeah. a bit? <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. A, that's the good. That's also the good thing about doing well is that you can kind of transition into, into jokes after that, too, without the audience being like, this motherfucker again. Right. Holy shit. That was uh, it, it, it. It turned out great, and um, you know, I, I don't know what we want to talk about on this podcast, but I'll tell you that uh, as you know, I had an, yes. a, an emotional turn. Yeah. Right. The next day, man. Yeah. Um, my mom's been sick for a uh, couple of years, been in bed for a couple of years, and but just kind of sustaining. Um, you know, we knew that there are complications on the inside and everything, but nobody knew the timing. Yeah. So I get engaged Thursday night, Friday morning. I well, I called my mom right after the engagement. And uh, she didn't pick up, which was not unusual. It was a little bit late. Uh, but she didn't pick up. So the next morning I called, and um, her brother picked up the phone, her brother uh, Tim. And I, I guess I knew he was in town, but it was weird for him to pick up her phone. And that's when uh, he just told me that, like, she was really not doing well, like barely responding. So I went from, like, I just wanted to call and tell my mom that I was engaged to a woman that she really likes. Yeah. Uh, you know, they get along well. She was encouraging me to marry her. Yeah. You know, she would say, you need to take care of that woman. She's great. Yeah. Um, and so I was really excited. Because knowing my mom's health condition, too, I was excited that I would finally decided that it was the time to ask and that my mom would be alive to know about it. Right. And uh, so that was part of, like, my – I was thrilled that the timing worked out that way because I really didn't know. So um, – then I learned that morning that she was like barely responding, so drove right out to her. Uh, we all thought we were gonna lose her that day. Um, that was, uh, as of the recording of this, that was a, a, a week and a day ago. Yeah. And um, she's still hanging on as we record. Uh, we believe every day we're told that these could be the last few hours, but uh, she's been a little more responsive since, since then. She's definitely aware that we are engaged. She's happy about it. She has smiled. Uh, Yaz has come over. We've all, like, you know, told her all the, the things we want to say. We feel some completion in it. Of course, it's extraordinarily sad. 
but I do feel good that she has met uh, and, and, and supports uh, Yasmin and, uh, and, and, and what we mean to do with our lives from this point forward. So that was, that, that's been important for me as part of the closure of this, um, this painful part of life that we all have to go through at some point. Yeah, I saw the support from uh, actually from your your ex-wife too. Yeah. I th I think that's a big deal too. Thank you for saying that. She has been really really supportive. She's a really good-hearted person, and um, we are kind of focused on creating a life uh, as co-parents where everybody's peaceful, everybody gets along. Um, Yasmin's been really good about extending olive branch to my ex-wife, and they've had drinks and. You know, while we're, obviously we're not all going to be like best friends hanging out every weekend or anything, but yeah. having a cordial co-parenting couples relationship, uh, me and Yaz and my ex and her new man, everybody getting along is important to all of us as adults. And then, of course, the serenity for the children is, is, is important as well. So I'm, I'm pleased with all of it for sure. So the transition, you seem to like the, the transition from uh, – the happiness that you felt to uh, this uh, situation is, uh, I know it's tough, but what do you think is going to be, um, I mean, because you met her parents, you said in Memphis, which I didn't know. Um, I didn't know they were, I didn't know they had uh, Persians in Memphis. That's very strange. Um, <laughs> so that's even that. So a lot of I guess yeah, you know what's weird? people from Iraq and uh, in Memphis. Like, what's that story? Listen, I, nobody knows to be honest. Because when we met, I couldn't believe when she said to me that she she was born in Memphis, but then they moved over to uh, Iraq and the United Arab Emirates, and that's really where she was raised. Um, but her family, for whatever reason, uh, ended up. In Memphis again, when they when they all moved back, her parents finally moved back maybe last year and ended up in Memphis. Her brother lives in Memphis. So when she told me that, I was like, "What? That's crazy!" Because my dad's family, the Iranian half of me, live in Memphis also. Of all the cities in the world, is Memphis a haven for I, Middle Eastern I, conflict? I, like, what's the? <laughs> we don't know. Iranians in Iraq, like, is that where they? <laughs> Maybe it's because they're all like, that's where Elvis is from. Let's go to Oh, uh, that's a good point. Or maybe they have discount flights to Memphis. From you know place. what? Yeah, that could be it, too. The heat, maybe? The same, some, well, probably not even close. No. no. Good barbecue? Yeah. Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's crazy. They all ended up there. So we were pleased about that because I went out and met her family and hung out with my family. And then our families all had dinner together. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a pretty, that's a, an important thing. Like the dealing with, you know, divorce can be tough, but when you're also dealing with the, uh, the other person, either you or the other person having an ego about certain things and being difficult in certain ways, especially with three kids, you know, that you've raised, you're, you're, you have teenagers and a, I think the youngest is nine, 10, 10. Yeah. Yeah. 14, 12 and 10. And yeah, it's dude, it is work every day. And, you know, we, my ex and I, we butt heads, but overall, we want we want all the same things, and we've been friends for 20 years. So, you know, obviously some ups and downs, or you don't get divorced, but um, overall, we're we get along quite well, and I'm I couldn't be happier about that for sure.
Yeah. Um, and you said ups and downs with – this is with somebody that you kind of agree with. I can't imagine people that are going through – like, I kind of have that situation now with my daughter's mom and my new girlfriend, but we're we're – I don't want to say, well, nah, fuck it. We're adults. We're we're not like we went to Disney World together. All Whoa, really? four of us. Yes. Whoa. Me, my daughter, my new girlfriend Megan, Damn. and my daughter's mom. That's a lot. All of us. That's a lot. Disney World. There's a lot of damn. Mo- There's a lot of money on the line at Disney World. And y- when you add in a mental breakdown in there. It could have been catastrophic, but well, I think we kind of, and I think you're dealing with that. You you have that type of situation too. We're we're you're all adults. Yes, yeah, we're doing fine. I don't know that we'd go to Disney together. I can't <laughs> that. That's a lot, though. I don't think your three boys would want to go to Disney World. I don't think uh, I don't think Riley would want to go. Nah, they'd go. They'd go. Wrigley. Wrigley. That's right. You know what I said? Wrigley in my head. I said no one would name their son Wrigley. <laughs> it's Riley. I'm a Cubs fan. Named him after a stadium. Uh, is it spelled Wrigley? Uh, without, I, I dropped the W to keep it incognito. Nice. Very sneaky. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the boys, they have an R name, right? No. Oh. Man, this is not uh-uh, off track. Uh, I got a, a Freddy. And, oh, that's right. Uh, who's named after both his grand- grandfathers. And then uh, Wrigley and then Benjamin. Okay. Um, yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know their name. I would. Play with them at shows, and they would <laughs> teach me how to do the floss. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Which one are you again?" Yep. Yeah. Um, but they've been through a lot, a lot, and I I envy the way they have been able to be flexible and flow and adjust. I know there's pain in their hearts uh, in some way or another. I think every kid dreams of their parents getting back together in some Hollywood magical way. But all in all, they've been really, really supportive, and they love Yasmeen, and when I told them that we got engaged, they hugged her, they were happy. I mean, they knew I was going to do it anyway, but they were, you know, you see in the movies a lot of these where just everything goes wrong, and the kids are mad, and people are throwing things, but it's been really, really great, and they have been super sweet about it, for sure, and, and I'm very proud to bring Yasmeen onto my team. Uh, I think she's a, she's a classy, educated woman, um, and I think she can bring a lot to um, assisting raise these children as as part of the village. Yeah, um, which brings me to <laughs> the proposals. For for if you don't know, I'm sure you don't. Yasmin is a highly educated, beautiful, very not to dis- no disrespect, but very attractive woman. I'm sure that she's had a plethora of proposals. <laughs> what has she told you? What has she told me? Yeah, I, she doesn't make a secret about it. Um, I, I think only one other dude um, might have gone as far to like buy the ring, I think. Uh, I think other guys were just like, you know, very uh, outspoken about their future plans. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Oh, that thing. Yeah, that's really all I know. I don't think, I I don't believe it's been a series of like dudes getting on their knee and her saying no. I don't, nothing like that. I think, I think intentions were clear 
a few times, and uh, but she also uh, made it clear that asking the question was probably a mistake, uh, so as to avoid that embarrassing stadium situation that you described earlier, where saying no is in the woman's eyes before the guy drops to the knee. Uh, so I believe that she just kind of um, cut it off before it ever got that far. Yeah, that's the danger of because what they're doing really is they are um, they're saying, hey, if I did ask, what would you say? Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? To kind of hedge their bets a little bit yeah. beforehand. Totally. And they go, hey, I did a here's a romantic thing. This, you know, hey, this might be. Yeah. And she was like, no, no, no. And they're like, no harm, no foul. Okay, I'll leave your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to put that buffer out there. Yeah. See what's up. No doubt about it. Yeah. Whereas you just fucking swing, swung for the fences. Uh, no. I mean, I, yeah, I was pretty sure of everything. Oh, okay. I mean, we had talked about it. But, you know, you, I mean, I guess you never know for sure. And, you know, and she's, a, she's funny. Like, you know, after the show, she's, she, as soon as we got backstage, she was basically like, you know, I didn't mean yes. Like, there was a crowd there. I wasn't going to say no in front of a bunch of people, you know. Just, oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not a, um, huh. So there's a lot of there's a lot more planning basically. It's not the it's not a you know a, oh, no, a, no. We're, we're a, it's happening in. soon. We're locked in. She she was kidding. She's just I, I, my delivery was poor, I guess. But she oh. she was just teasing me. And, and, oh oh oh. But I knew she was a yes before I before I brought her up there. Sure. I mean, there's planning for like the wedding date and all that. We've got all that going on. But nah, she was she just busted my balls. And anytime somebody asks about the engagement, she'll say, Well, I didn't want to say. Uh, no in front of a big crowd of people. It's like her hack bit at this point. I was going to say, she tested a joke out on you. Yeah, she, she, what would you say? She did it over and over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, anybody that asks about the engagement, she, she does the same joke. And I'm like, that's tired. Like, I've heard that. You did the old I would have said no, but I was in front of a bunch of people bit many times. It's over. So it's been a week. You're going to hear that joke now for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, that's that is cool, man. And um, you know, I know your, I know your mom would be happy. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I've met, I've met uh, Yasmin. She's uh, unbelievable. From the time for the time that I've met her, and I'm knowing you, um, I was like, this girl <laughs> is. Uh, she might be. She's 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 great for him. Yeah, she um, really is. Our buddy Eddie Morrison, I thought he was—he really cracked me up one night because she's a she's a good-looking woman, okay. And uh, I've been trying to write a bit about how you come to know like what you what society thinks of you uh, as a as or how attractive you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When like people don't say to us, "You guys are an attractive couple," uh-huh. you know, they just go, "She's really attractive." <laughs> like, you must oh. be very rich. Yeah, well, Eddie said. And he said, uh, Ramin is very funny. <laughs> yeah, extremely funny. <laughs> like, look at the scale here. He's got to have something. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, uh, yeah. I've been trying to write that bit. But just, but that, that's really, that's truly all the people ever say. She is very attractive. <laughs> I think there's an attractive. I think you're, uh, I think it's, uh, well, before we get too far into that, when we talk, we're talking about couples. You do a show at the Improv, and the reason why you have such a relationship with them is a very successful show called Couples Therapy. And once a month, you have two comedians 
they come on they do a set and then the audience writes down bef- uh writes down their their issues and they to ask a couples therapist Yes, and I mean, I'm the faux couples therapist, but the two comics, and uh, Tim's been on the show probably more than anybody else, I oh, think. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like the, you're the staple regular. Um, and because if anybody's ever seen Tim's comedy, he's obviously very smart. He's also super quick. And uh, one of the most powerful things a comic um, can be is um, endearing and believable and, and uh, truthful and likable all those things so it penetrates for the show um, perfectly see me live yeah that's right uh, so uh, I, I think of, yeah I created the show essentially off the premise that um, I've been through a lot of coupling failures and I've been to couples therapy and I've been to individual therapy and so I just sort of uh, thought that I had enough enough real information uh, and certainly enough comedic experience to put adults in a room and make it funny one way or another. You know, we, we never, you know, I never like bring comics on like you, tell you like, okay, guys, now be funny. Every, everything's a setup. I don't, it, it's not about that. It's bringing people in to a situation where the stakes are high because we're talking about real life stuff, whether it's re- little cute relationship stuff or it's sex stuff. And then I have funny people that are talking. It's naturally gonna be hilarious, and it it has not failed yet, not one time. Yeah, I mean, the 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 questions. Some of them are a bit ridiculous, they, though. Yeah, they can be blue. They can be ridiculous. But I think those of us that are on the show have a consciousness that we're not there to just gross people out. You know, we're not going to talk about discuss you know sexual acts that most people in public would find. Uh, to be too, too, too far in an average sexual relationship. So if someone wrote a question about like, what do you think about stuffing brooms up somebody's asshole? I would, you know, I would just skip that. Like nobody wants to fucking really talk about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe they do, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not there to do that. We still, we want to keep it in a reasonable range of adult entertainment. Yeah, you do a great, um, great job vetting. The, some of the questions because people will ask crazy shit yeah, it, or they just say it to be assholes or you know they, they want to be the most ridiculous questions so some of it we just go yeah all right I'll talk about yeah this isn't this isn't real have you ever thought to yourself this isn't a real question this isn't a real oh, what you call it yeah people have written just some I, I, I wish I could give you an example right now but you know, you get it's it's like the heckler, but it's the heckler on paper where they're like, "I'm gonna be the star. Look what I write." <laughs> and it's, it just reads as a pile of bullshit, and you know, insincerity it can be the opposite of comedy. So I just skip it. Yeah, that's a that's that's got to be a tough thing. There's there's a um, there's a show called Couples Therapy on Showtime. Have you seen oh. and or heard of it? No, absolutely, I had not. Okay, the therapist on the show, I did an Instagram story about it um, not too long ago. There's a therapist, and these are real couples. It's not scripted. Some of the other therapist shows, I think, have been scripted. This one is um, is shot well, first of all. And, you know, the couples come in, and they talk about their issues. And it's, you if you get... A Showtime subscription, you gotta see this show. Really? Is it funny? 
Yes. But it's funny in a way that's like, you ever date a crazy person? <laughs> I mentioned I was married before, right? Right, right. So it's funny in that way, where a person is with a crazy person and they don't see the signs. Oh, okay. But it's not purposefully intended to be a comedy show like mine is? No, no, no. Well, good. No, it's, there aren't jokes written. It's people that are in there trying to fix their relationships, and you see the problem with the people, and I wouldn't suggest watching it if you're not in a happy relationship. <laughs> but if you are, it's, it's a great show to watch and just have a conversation with somebody that you love. Beautiful country, by the way. Yeah. It's ridiculous out here. I'm terrified. I'm I'm a little worried. I was going to do a thing where we where we talk a little bit before the show and then after the show, after we've done our sets to see what happens. But we're passing a mobile home. This will give you an idea of the audience that you're going to be performing in front of. You just look at the scenery as you drive to the show. Yeah, I mean, we try, you know, nobody wants to be thrown into a stereotype of anything at all. And, you know, as veteran comedians, we understand our job is make them laugh. So we try to absorb the surrounding environment and customize the show for what we think would most greatly please uh, this demographic. Um, And we're not certain of what it is. Uh, I'm in one of those towns. I, I think it's beautiful out here. But, like, where's the nearest grocery store? I don't know how people choose yeah. to just be like, I want to live here, and I'm going to go to the store. It's about 45 minutes east or wherever they get there. I don't know. It's a, Yeah, that's a Beautiful. that's an afternoon. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that uh, I had some family live, like, on a farm, and they would have, like, extra refrigerators and freezers in the garage. Yep, deep freeze. Yeah, so they could shop, like, for the two, three weeks. Uh, and have it so they're not going to the store as frequently as people that live you know, five minutes from a grocery store or whatever. Yeah. Everybody in my family in Texas has it. I think my, I, I visited home maybe two months ago. I visited Texas two months ago. My aunt has moved the deep freeze. It's in her kitchen now. Oh, wow. It's in her, I mean, not the kitchen, but it's behind. She used to have like a small refrigerator with extra sodas, Big Red. And all that shit in there. Uh, Big Red is a soda. I don't know if you know, heard of Big Red. But uh, she. What was that other thing you taught me about? Um, no, we were talking about uh, black people, uh, stereotypical foods out at that show in uh, Leesburg one time. And you said. Jack, Jack Mack. Mackerel. That was it, Jack Mack. Jack Mack, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, you were on stage. I'm, I'm sitting on the stairs. I was like, what is Jack Mack? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think the. I think they some some of them got stuck on that. Oh yeah, we didn't know. None of us knew. <laughs> I can't remember if I put it. I did a video. I think I put, the video I put up was about the military jokes that I do, but I don't think I put that one up there. Maybe I'll add that one to it too. Yeah, I, I love it when I. I love especially when I don't know a stereotype. Here's <laughs> a stupid story. Like, this is some stereotypes are can be mostly silly. And then as long as they don't get into racism, it's kind of, it's all right. You know, every little, every right. group has their own little stereotypes, whatever. As long as they're not hurtful ones, then, then whatever. Yeah. But even like racist terms are only as powerful as the knowledge that they're hurtful. Let me explain. So <laughs> here's a story from my childhood, speaking of my mom. 
My mom has always been a progressive-minded, uh, you know, liberal-leaning American woman. She's German, Scotch, Irish, white lady, married an Iranian man, you know, uh, but she's always been liberal-leaning. Um, and for whatever reason, along her life travels and education experiences, she never learned that the phrase "jungle bunny" is racist. Hilarious. And so when we were kids. She would call us little jungle bunnies because she thought it was just a cute little term. And so did I because I was raised being called a little jungle bunny. So my mom would – anywhere. And we lived in Baltimore for a few years. Right, and right. And we'd be out on the playground. And I remember my mom just being like, all right, you little jungle bunnies, let's hop in the station wagon. Wow. And we would go So there was because there was no hate behind it. Right, right. It wasn't until my sister married a, a, a white man here, you know, American – that my mom said Jungle Bunny at a at a, 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 a dinner. I don't know. It could have been could have been Thanksgiving. Could have been regular old dinner. And he was like, "What? Wow! <laughs> I had to be close to twenty years old, and we just thought it was a cute little. Th- cause if you remove the hate, it's a cute little word for kids. It's a it's a it. I used to do a joke about how funny Jungle Bunny, oh, porch monkey. Porch yeah, monkey I yeah, I used to do a joke about those those terms. And um, it's it, it's funny that a a white guy had to go. What what are you saying? Because yeah. I know there was a black family at the Baltimore oh, no park that was like this racist woman. <laughs> d- who I see her all the time, and she yeah. keeps calling her kids jungle bunnies. Yeah, she did, man. I've for two decades. Uh, once she learned it, of course, I mean, we laughed, but it was also like, holy crap, because you get in a habit of saying stuff that, and if you don't know it's hateful or hurtful, uh, you know, she was just calling her kids that, but we did, obviously we had to like focus on don't say that. And I even, because she called me that and my brother and sister for years, I have kids now. Sometimes I'm like when I'm gathering the kids, I've never said it. But it is in there because a lot of times you use the same phrases. That uh, your mom, models, that your parents whatever, used, yeah. Whatever advice they gave you, it's in your head. Mm-hmm. So I almost want to say it, but I have to remind myself, wait, that's hateful apparently. And so obviously I don't say it. But it's, yeah, it's one of it's, it's just one of those words. Um, porch monkey is one of those two. Porch monkey is a little different because it also has monkey in it. And monkey on its own is its, you know, yeah, yeah. But that I definitely, I definitely call my kids monkey. They're called my last name is Mostafavi. They're most of monkeys, and it's right. because they're boys. Like they're just they're crazy, like little monkeys. So I, 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 I know that to be a hateful term for that one, and you would obviously know way better than me. I, I couch that one in more of a contextual setting. Am I totally wrong about that? Black people don't. It's it's a so it's a dangerous it's a dangerous road, sure. and I wouldn't say that you should never say it because you're talking to your children. There's no way that you mean that to, but black people have a thing where we feel like if you're trying to get one over on us, so if you have a if you have like a um history of some type of racism in your life or whatever uh-huh. 
if another black person says, oh, well, you got to watch out for that dude, uh-huh. and you say, hey, come on, you little monkeys, let's go, then then they would be like, because they have a, you know, you have a rap sheet. You have a racist rap sheet at that point, and they go, hey, you meant, you just saying that because you mean black people. Confederate flag off your porch, and then you say that. I don't know about that. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. that's borderline. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah. I, get, I, 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 for sure, I get it uh, in that sense. But you know, I do find it very interesting. Just, I mean, the weight of any word only has the meaning that we give it. Yeah. If there was a way to just not teach the next generation what these terms ever meant, which of course is impossible. Yeah. Um, we remove it, and I think forget. There was a comic friend of ours that said, shoot, I wish I could remember who it was, but it could be you for all I can remember. Uh, liking, who is it? Uh, being a racist is like, is the same as liking baseball. If your father doesn't hand it down to you, you're probably not going to be into it. Oh. Anyway, I think it's pretty funny. Like, you do kind of have to be taught racism. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, that man may have been Dylan, <laughs> maybe. Your mom's story got us here. That's um, your mom's racism guy. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's hilarious, man. It, it's and we're, you know, we're in a place. This reminds me of home, by the way. I'm seeing a Rite Aid, and I'm seeing the type of rural, um, mini malls that I that I saw that I see when I'm at home, and it makes me think like this is kind of what the podcast is about it's called it's about figuring out you know we're in entertainment figuring out what these people are going to laugh at and then delivering that to them um the podcast is more about your life like reading the room your life or whatever but i think for us now as as comics as we try to we look at all the scenery and we go okay this list of jokes is going to work and I'm going to try these. And if any of these don't work, we're going to have, we're going to start to have issues. Um, <laughs> we'll start, we'll start here. We'll do another, we'll do another after we get done with the show and talk to you guys again. All right, we'll be right back. The next inning to their rival team, back to back. Home runs to lose the fucking game. Why are the Cubs and the Cardinals such? The cities are close. Chicago and St. Louis are just major Midwest cities. Hmm. There's some. There's some deeper rivalry that nobody really knows. That Harry Carey, who's the announcer for the Cubs, was yeah. until he died. Yeah. Then he quit. Um, he used to be an announcer for the Cardinals decades ago. But he had an affair with Anheuser Busch's wife, Anheuser Busch Jr.'s wife. Holy shit! Um, so he's the announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals, fucking the owner's son's wife. Holy shit! Personality, maybe. Owner's son. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then uh, so they fired him. And then he went over to the Cubs. After that. Well, then he became so popular as an announcer that Anheuser Busch check, check, still check, sponsored check. him and still paid him to promote Budweiser. Wow! So they were kind of <laughs> yeah, they were in a 
they went, I mean, they had to go business, even though this dude fucked the owner of Budweiser's son's wife. They still paid him. Robert, rivalries are pretty funny to me. Like yeah, some of I mean, are, they mean absolutely nothing. No. Other than just like, uh-huh, in your face. Well, just to get fans hopped up on the game or oh, yeah. into it, you know. Oh, we get emotional. Yeah. And it's so dumb. But it's just proof that even if racism didn't exist or uh, bigotry about gay or whatever, we'd always find a way we'd to always, be at odds. Yeah, yeah. We'll find something. If everyone was blind, it would be about, oh, those people smell like that. Yeah. We don't hang out with people that smell like that. Or feel like that. Whatever. <laughs> we always what a, find it. Whatever other sense. Yeah. yeah. Any anything that separates. Look at a look at a Redskins uh, Philadelphia Eagles game. Those people fucking hate each other. Right. And then we act like, oh, they're crazy in the Middle East because they're killing each other because one of them's Jewish and one of them's Muslim. That's crazy. Like, Phillies fans have put Redskins fans in the hospital at a fucking football game. Phillies fans have put everybody in the hospital. Right, but you know what I'm saying. Like, people put people in hospitals over what fucking baseball hat they're wearing. Those people are nuts. They're stupid. Yeah. Um, So we're back in the car. Yo. Done with the show. You did it. What did you, um, did the scenery beforehand uh, speak the demographic? Yeah. Speak the truth about Um, the the show? I felt like it. I mean, yeah. You know, I felt, I mean, I I didn't, if we'd rolled in there and it was just like packed full of Middle Easterners, I'd have been like, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was, uh, it felt like a middle-aged white um and i i think you know it being an art center i think we predicted a a relatively progressive crowd yes and they were that's true but yeah it would have been strange to drive by uh just to give you all an idea uh wagon wheels as Uh yard accessories Uh that's white people oh yeah so and they and they were they did it, but it was an art center. Yep. So with that, you know, I, I and I think we kept it kept it pretty safe with the material we chose. Yeah, but we did progressive uh, material. We did progressive material. We did material that was um, not nothing political. I don't think I did anything political actually. Nah, I don't know that we do. Do we? Not much. No, I don't. I have a little bit. I'm just obviously progressive. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't mention parties or yeah. anything. Just not enough for it to be like, well, he's talking about, you know. The president. No. He's talking about our guy or, or, nah. or our girl or whatever, you know. Nah, not doing um, It's comedy my, show. The, there's an interaction there with my a good, good friend of mine. And um, she just happened to be at the show. She's... That was cool. She lived, she grew up not too far from this area, and she just happened to be all the way out here at the oh, show. That was cool. And um, and they were a spark of the show. They, they were, were a spark uh, of the show. They were a centerpiece. They were the youngest people in this town, I believe. <laughs> so, you know, for them to be there, I thought that that was uh, pretty exciting yeah, to see. Cool. And I actually post some pictures of, of, of her on my... Um, 
Y'all should check IG. it out. She's, she sent me. She's uh, she's not hard to look at. She's well, she's my, she's a little sister of mine. She's to good, you. She's not good, a little sister to, to me. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's uh, yeah. Uh, she's smoking. Very attractive. Um, very nice. Um, but there were a Super lot sweet. of really great, colorful characters at Some the show. Some characters at the show. Yeah. Leon. Leon was there. Nice guy. Great. Everyone was a really good sport. They were. You, know? you get those crowds. Sometimes you get crowds that... And in a, in a show like this, it needed to be a little chatty. It had to be. It wasn't packed. Chatty, chatty meaning talk to the audience but pleasantly not just you know just go up and do so um anyway i uh just material material yeah, you kind of go up and you we had to greet them we had to recognize their greet, town yeah you recognize where you are i made mention that there were no black people i didn't see i wasn't in town long enough to see any black people but let's right. be honest how many of them are there really <laughs> in the town how many are there when the whole rec center the art center is all white people right right but that's easy it's an easy joke to make and it's quick to get who cares i'm gonna make easy middle eastern terrorist jokes too you get the easy middle eastern terrorist jokes because even if the whole crowd is white what we were talking to were progressive minded progressive allies yeah that aren't the like, entire night. Yeah, and they're not like super, super PC, but I don't think we said anything no, that they was were great. too out of, you know, they were great. out of order. They were the, they were, they were just the right, they were the right kind of people for us. Yep. Um, and for me, and for America. And for America, and for Merc, <laughs> Merc. Um, oh, they were lovely. Yeah. Uh, we had Colorford, we had, uh, we had Leon and Robert and Elizabeth and uh, Sita. Sita. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy I called Pablo, but that wasn't necessarily his name, but he was Latino, so <laughs> I just called him that. Yeah. Um, From Texas, we talked a little bit. Oh, after. right on. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, everybody so, was just really great and willing to laugh. And willing to laugh. Yeah. And one, and willing to talk. Yep, and they were supportive. They bought a bunch of T-shirts. Yep. Uh, which they really? uh, some crowds don't, but yeah, um, dude, I, I mean, you know, a show like that, I wouldn't I gotta, expect to sp- sell... 10, 12 t-shirts. Yeah. I did. I gotta, I gotta talk to you about my, my merch game. Oh, I gotta get my merch game up. March it up. March yeah. it up? You think? Oh, definitely. Is it, is it, uh, wor- wor- is it worth it bef- uh, after the show to really get people to come over? Or uh, do they feel like they shouldn't, like, ignore you more because you have something to sell to? Yeah, you know, there's, there's two sides of that coin. Yeah, there are some people that feel like you become a snake oil salesman after yeah. the show and yeah. you just duck out. And yeah. I don't like that. None of us like that because uh-huh. we're people and even if you don't buy something, we do want, we love interaction. Yeah. Just shake your hand. Thank you shake for coming hand, to this you show. You were funny. Thanks. That's it. Thanks. Thank that's you. it. You know, uh, what you don't want to, <laughs> you know how you've been the feature sometimes yeah. and they'll walk up to you and loudly be like, you should have been the headliner. You, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck was up with that other guy. He's four feet Woo-hoo! away from you. Like, uh, yeah. shut up. Like, nah, but you know, we love a pleasant interaction. We love to see the people that came to support the craft. Yeah. Um, but for me, dude, merch has merch. funded my road life. Really? A hundred percent. Interesting. Okay. Now, you know, I used to have that Indian shirt. I sold the shit out of that thing. The Indian shirt is gone. Uh, well, I don't. It's a different uh, air now, and I yeah. don't. I don't feel. You that don't want to risk it. <laughs> well, I also don't feel that it represents me anymore. Yeah. Um, I still do the joke. You still do the joke, but not the. But the merch. Yeah, but, but the, you know, when I first, I sold like a thousand of those motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, and it was it funded everything. I would fly 
to feature weekends at a funny bone out in Ohio and mm-hmm. because I knew I could pay for it for my t-shirt sales yeah otherwise I'd drive because yeah. I don't want a, a net zero but mm-hmm. with the t-shirts I was like oh well here's here's my airplane um, wow. I have a new t-shirt now that sells well also but nice. I'm always shifting man you gotta have merch I, I don't hmm. absolutely I mean people love uh a, a remembrance, a, a, a memorabilia yeah. of the good night they had, um, and I think that if it's a, you know, if it's a, it's a piece of merch that's, you know, somewhat decent, right down the middle, kinda, mm-hmm. um, they may or may not keep it, remember it, who knows? But yeah. they want to support someone that they enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I I think the T-shirt I sell now is one that people wear. Uh, I think the Indians one was more of a trinket uh that they just kept um i don't, yeah, I don't think, know if they would I don't wear think too many people wore that one we'd have to, we might have to put the audio from the uh the indian right 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 because context is huge on context that one. is Absolutely. huge but, oh actually is it on your album that you just recorded uh the joke is the joke is okay the t-shirt i think that you know there might be pictures on my instagram or something from back in the day what is your instagram uh, Ramin88, R-A-H-M-E-I-N-8-8. Yes. Uh, and if you don't follow me, it's Tim Miller Comedy on Instagram. It's actually tim.d.miller.comedy. Right, right, right. Some ridiculous person told me to put that. <laughs> and, For real? Um, I'm thinking about changing oh, it. Oh, you can change it? Well, yeah. I can change it at any moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I just haven't done it. Because okay. I'm lazy. Right, right. Um, but Ramin is not. Uh, I appreciate you uh, bringing me along on this little adventure. Oh, uh, dude. Um, do you have any shows coming up? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, well, you know, we, we you try like to, to stay busy. Stay busy. I, uh, yeah. Here, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm You're going to pull it up on Literally your... bring up my calendar. Oh, man. Um, I've got couples therapy next Thursday. Couples therapy at the DC Improv with Paris Sachet and Rob Mayer. Uh, well, you know what? Rob had to bail because Rob he's a ba- jackass. Because he's a um, piece of shit piece that of Rob shit. Mayer. Uh, check him out on uh, Instagram as well. He dates black women. Um, <laughs> well, he has for a while. He dates a he black dates woman. a black woman, I should say, for a long time. Because she would kill me if I said black women. Right, right, right. Take out the e, nigga, before I kill you. That's it. Um, so uh, okay, couples therapy, DC improv. Couples therapy, the improv, and yes. then uh, I got a showcase there. I've got I'm, I'm featuring. Um, in November, I think at nice. the Improv. Nice. Uh, I'm at the Loft. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Ramin.com. R a h m e i n. dot com for all the stuff. Nice. Yep. And uh, you know me. Check me out. TimMillerComedy.com. Also Tim Miller Comedy. I've already told you. Instagram. Do that shit. Yeah. Um, thank you, Ramin. Oh, yeah. Thank you, brother. Great. I will um, talk to you all. Thank you.